Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of Butcher's Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. I'm recording live from my New York City hotel room where I will live for the next seven days. And Greg and I are recording like we do every single week about the New York Rangers, Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere, winning against bad teams, and much, much more with two guests on the show today. Very excited to get to it. Uh, if you want to support the show, this is going to be a surprise for you, and I'm sure you're uh, wondering what how you could do that. It's patreon.com slash Breakaway. Thanks for asking. You can get BSBOTs, access to the Discord, support the show, buy us a coffee or a beer or more. Thank you so much for your dedication to this stupid little show we do. And without further ado, here's Mark Messier. Let's get started, shall we? Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Look at the Bush Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of Patreon.com, where you can support this dumb podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Gregory Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Been a weird week, man. Been a weird week. You don't have to tell me. Uh, I'm in New York City right now. Uh, Did you know they honk a lot here? Kind of crazy. Didn't think that was like, you know, don't they have signs that say don't honk? Very rude. Honk, honk. I feel like you've been in New York enough to know. I feel like you did an entire podcast on a roof. Of a bar, I did. Where, very where familiar with how the, much honking there is. Some people that are new to this podcast, um, we did a live show on a roof of a bar, and we were like, "How bad could it be?" Turns out there was a five alarm fire. <laughs> yeah. well, at least it should have been, right? Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't root for any building that actually burned down. But if I find out that a building didn't burn down that night, I'm gonna be severely. I don't know if disappointed. No, right it's just word. like we were. We recorded for two hours, and I would say an hour and what. 32 minutes of that podcast is fire engines mostly <laughs> at minimum and then you also have to deal with the other 40 minutes being joe fortunato which, oh man joey you know. that's rough that's rough love that guy <laughs> love joe I, lo- I love i love joe i love joe i just gotta listen i gotta get my cracks in where i can now that i'm recovered and not dying on a podcast i gotta be able to throw my haymaker hey a lot of people getting sick over this past two weeks everyone stay safe out there that's all i'll say yeah tough uh apparently we are in here's the thing now that i'm not in news I don't know the inner happenings of what the fuck is going on yeah, fair. in this world, mm-hmm. which, got to tell you, I love. I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> I love ignorance, I everybody. Love, it's a big fun. <laughs> right. the, one thing, the one thing I honestly don't love is once upon a time, I used to like know what the fuck was happening with COVID at all times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a large reason why it took me two years to get the motherfucker. But within three months of not – well, six months of not being in news anymore, COVID was like, hey, you don't know where I am, so now I'm going to fucking get you. I'm going to find you. It, it, it really did. It really did. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, that's its job. So it did it. And everyone stay safe. Uh, do whatever you can. You know, that's all I ask. Anyway, uh, in New York Rangers news, uh, there was a couple games that happened since we last recorded. They got the – not the piss beat out of them by the Hurricanes, but they lost. That's for sure. Then uh, they decided, uh, you know what, we like four goals, and when the other team scores zero, twice in a row, versus the Flyers and the Red Wings, which um, I guess at this point, do you really consider the Flyers or the Red Wings uh, NHL hockey teams? Because I, I don't know if they really are. 
Flyers, no. Um, Red Wings are. I think that Red, Red Wings, you can at least, you can see the blueprint with the Red Wings. Yeah, like they can right? skate. That's nice. Cool for them. But you, you, I can see the plan in Detroit. I, I, it's not ready, but I, I see it, and I understand what they're trying to do. In Philadelphia, no fucking, no fucking clue. I really don't know, and, and I know half their team is injured. A big fan of it. I got to tell you, big, big fan of it. I hope they never figure it out. Me too. I say bring back Elaine Vigneault. He's the only man that can fix it. He's the only solution. You're still paying him, so it's fine. Just you know, just put him back. Well. Yeah. Right. Figure it out. Like we'll have some fun. Uh, and, and on top of that, uh, that team was mostly injured, just miserable. And Georgiev gets a nice shutout. Then Eeyore gets a nice shutout versus the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, I guess let's talk about the news of the week. So Kako takes a nasty fall. Nasty. It looks like it's an MCL, maybe an ankle, who knows. But then, uh, suddenly, due to a reporter named Adam, and by reporter I mean photographer on the street of New York City, the great city I'm in right now, uh, finds Kako's girlfriend or something like that, then joins his followers on Instagram, and then Kako's at a nightclub. <laughs> He's in Soho. He's wearing, like, aviator glasses. He looks like a dork, uh, and he's dancing, and now he's week-to-week, and Gallant says he'll play at least the last two to three games. I do enjoy how we've gotten to the point where Gallant says uh, he says this guy's going to be back pretty soon, and all of the comments are, he's dead. I'm not sure he's alive. <laughs> um, so Kako's out. And uh, I do, do you, Greg? think he will play two or three more games this season first things first yep i do think we need to talk about the gallant element of this because it's fun to joke about how the man's a liar and he really is a world-class liar just straight line there there are absolutely you know it's possible and we've said this before with other people but all gallant has to do is say no fucking idea i don't know well when i know You'll know, right? He doesn't have to answer the question. And the fact that... It is funny he answers. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, But I don't know that... Th- this is one of those moments where I don't know if he thinks he's telling the truth or if he's just a dick and he's lying. I, I, it, it, because you could make an argument for either one, right? In his eyes, the doctor can simply say, listen, we don't see any structural damage. And he absorbs that information as oh, it's not serious, so we avoided the worst. And that's what he says to the media, right? That you, you, can, you can at least twist your eyes enough or squint enough to see that being a potential avenue of logic. And it also prevents like Vince and Molly from asking every day, hey, any updates on Kako? Because they kind of have a timeline now. But here's the thing. If Galant just says, when I know, you'll know, they can keep asking and all he has to do – it's not like they stop asking things anyway, right? And it's also, let's once again, let's call a spade a spade with the New York Rangers beat. Not exactly like they're pestering the guy. You know what I mean? This isn't New York baseball. Well, where I mean, they have to ask him hard questions like, hey, what did you think about getting the puck deep? And uh, was it a hard game? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> That's not me like, shitting on Vince Romali. Yeah. It's just like that's just what you do. No, we've, we know the hockey media enough to know that it's just comparatively speaking – Pretty kid glovey. It's not exactly hard, hard hitting with their questions. Gallant's not going to pick a fight with any of these guys like fucking creepy Callaway did, right? Also, or it's not like Aaron Boone's. Not exactly like a, a time to be getting hard questions. The Rangers have a hundred. Was it 104 points right now? I'm sorry, I've had a rough week. If it's not, um, and they're, they're tied I for. I think it's one. It's 104, 106. Nice. 100. So they're tied for first in the in the Metro. They're they're killing it they're like the fourth best team in the league like what what are the hard questions they're going to ask Galant right now like hey why is Lafreniere on the fourth line 
That's about but it. But even then, all he has to be like is like, guys, I'm not a doctor. I don't fucking know. <laughs> hey, hey, why is Lafreniere on the fourth it's... line? Hey, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, but hey, it's, it's, I'm not it's not, I'm just I'm talking I'm talking about him essentially being unable to right. not either not understand the truth or not tell the truth when it comes to injuries. Why he doesn't just say I'm not a fucking doctor and we'll figure this out later is beyond me. Because again, once he figures it out. He says week to week or day to day, right? He says the words. And here's the thing. If you're going to tell me he's week to week and you hope to get him into the last two or three games, there are five fucking games left. They're not that spread out. I've seen the NHL schedule. He ain't fucking playing before the playoffs. That's a fucking lie. He would need I don't to- need a doctorate in okay. human psychology. I'm going to go the other way. He lying through his fucking ass. I'm going to go the other way. Week to week could mean one week, theoretically. Then on top of that, the last, three, the last three games it would mean next week, so that's next Tuesday, the 26th. A week, it, from, a week from when people are listening to this. Yes, and if Kako was indeed out clubbing in Soho, dancing, and they're being precautionary. Right, he's sitting on a chair. I, I, <laughs> I've seen the photo. I don't know what. Like, I, I, listen, other people I, messaged I, me I just, saying he was clubbing. I, I cannot confirm or deny. That's sure, it. Sure, he's sitting on a stool. I've gone. I went out with a bad hamstring. <laughs> yeah, you we heard me podcast. We he did. You're a hero, damn it, Greg. You're a hero. Yeah. So I don't want to listen. Leg injuries. You can go out and drink with leg injuries. I got news for you. Yeah, it's true. I, 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 I respect the crack journalism. I'll say he plays next Tuesday. Play I'll say it. I'll say. <laughs> I'll, I'll say a hundred bucks. He doesn't run. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> You're uh, so confident. What? Okay. What's a comfortable twenty bucks? I'll do twenty Tuesday. Twenty. He he plays on Tuesday. Twenty. He plays on Tuesday. Done. Because he ain't playing. Dunzos. Dunzos. Uh, alleged rubies for uh, or whatever you want to call it. Allegedly. 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 For reasons. For tax yeah, reasons. Sure. Anyway. Anyway. Um. His actual injury, not the gallant lying through his ass side, the cargo injury side. There's literally one thing we needed the New York Rangers to do. During this entire, it's just stay healthy. That's uh, the just only get get him up to speed and get Kako, get him in bubble wrap, but also let him play through the rust. So the fact that he's essentially going to go into the playoffs raw, I, I don't feel great about it. I I feel better knowing that he has a two goal game under his belt. A little That's confidence, great and good. Yep. Uh, I, I feel better about the fact that with him out means Lafreniere gets more opportunity. And, and thank and God. He has a two-goal game under his belt. Yeah, and it, not no, not just a two-goal game. I mean, that the Kako's two-goal game and Lafreniere's two-goal game are two different games. I think we can admit that, right? Like, those are – like, Kako was kind of like, yay, I'm in front of the net. Hooray. And, like, I can shoot, like, I know how to shoot the puck. Lafreniere's was like, um, what? <laughs> like, how did my pants get off? What happened? I don't understand. <laughs> that was a, to- a totally two different performances there. Like, yes they're both two goal games and they had the same result uh but they're two different performances and i've had a lot of people say to me well that doesn't happen without you know capo getting injured and yeah maybe that's true but lafreniere clearly got the message from gerard gallant who again and i i, I got a lot of people yell at me about this as well the the benching whatever you want to call it quinbin uh, gallant gulag whatever you want to say it's it's seemingly has an effect. How many times have we said that on this podcast? Like, is it 100%? No. What's, but what, name something that's 100% in life. But a lot of people, a lot of players over the past couple of years have really, seriously, responded to these benchings. And Lafreniere has done it again. I hope Lafreniere prove, keeps proving himself because he's clearly a ridiculously talented player. And what does he have? The most even goals on the team now is at 27. 
or something like that. Uh, Chris Kreider, like, if, if you take away Chris Kreider's assists or whatever, it's very close. I don't know the fucking stat. I'm sorry. It's been a long week for me. But Lavernier has been awesome. He's He's been awesome when he gets the chance to play and prove himself. And he's fought back and fought back into a position to, to prove himself yet again. And I hope, and I don't know if he will because I know Frank, Frank Vetrano is kind of locked up that top line spot, but I think Lafreniere gets back there eventually, and I think there will be a playoff series where you're like, oh, Lafreniere's in the top line again. That's interesting. I wonder what that happened. And that's probably soon. I still don't think it was a, I, again, I just went on a rant about how Gerard Gallant lies, so this is going to sound weird, and I admit that entirely. Still don't think it was a benching. My and here's but, why but, I don't but, think but, but he did put him on the fourth line, so it's like eh. Yeah, but I don't, again, here's Shut up and sit down, young man. Why don't you let me explain why I, I don't think it was Greg, mentioned. most of my job on this podcast is to let you explain. I promise. <laughs> so you get laugh his, laugh his game, right? Yeah. Which, again, I think purely was not disciplinarian or any of that. I think it's simply Gallant feels he had tired legs and he can't afford one of his young dynamic forwards to go into the playoffs exhausted. So he got him a game. Whether he thinks it's because of slipping performance, whether he thinks it's because of anything, he thought he was tired, and that's it. Not performance-based, just get the guy a day off. Fine. I'm willing to believe that. And then what happens in Laugh's off day? Kako scores two goals, and Gallant goes in a press conference and says, my best line tonight, my most dynamic line tonight, was Kako, Heedle, and Goodrow. I loved that line. I loved giving that line opportunity. That line impressed me. That's essentially what he said in the post-game press conference. Fair. So why anyone was surprised that Gerard Gallant, who was so effusive about how great Ooh, that effusive. line was, Ooh. how he went out of his way to compliment that line, right. and then you expect him to break that line up the next game? He is a simple man. He is basic as basic is. He's a 200 hockey man. He says nice things. Well, I said nice things. I can't now – Break up those nice things. He was never under any circumstance going to break up that line. If that line did not perform the way it did, you know who would have been on the third line in the very next game? Alexi Lafreniere. I can't exactly blame Gallant 100% for how many times have we said that shit's going to look weird these last couple games because some people need breaks and Gallant is just going to want to try some shit out. So he tried a line out with Lafreniere out of the lineup, loved how it looked, and then figured, well, let me see how this line looks and if I can also get Lafreniere going playing limited minutes on a line I'd rather not have him on. I I honestly had a lot of problems with Gerard Gallant. I'm sure I'll have more problems in the future. And there are other things he's done that I've liked. This is firmly one of those things where I just, I kind of understood the logic. Like, I, I saw it. Did I agree with it? No. But if there's any time at any point in the season where I don't exactly care if Alexi Lafreniere is playing fourth-line minutes, and it's because Gallant has an actual reason for why he's doing it, this is it. This isn't, this isn't November, right, when we're trying to figure the shit out. We figured most of our shit out. At this point, we're kind of just trying to see where the deck chairs go on this ship. And he wanted another game of that third line. But he also didn't want to bench Lafreniere for a second game. At some point, you only have so many spots. And we like how Vetrano's been cooking on the first line. We like the versatility Cop brings to the second line. You weren't going to move either one of those guys down to the fourth line because under no circumstance would those guys 
be playing on the fourth line in a playoff series. But he wanted to see if I keep this third line of Goodrow, Hito, and Kako together, and it remains effective, and I can make my fourth line a little bit more scoring heavy by getting Alexi Lafreniere going, and I'm going to see how I can do this in a game against the Detroit fucking Red Wings. I, I, uh, that, that's one I wasn't going to be angry about. I'm cool with that. That made sense. You make a really good point, especially about the – he's kind of done this before, right, where he, he phrases the line, and he's like, all right, I'm running him back there again. And, and you've also made this point on the other side as well, where if things are going well, he doesn't experiment. Things don't change when you win, ever. That's just maybe that's hockey culture, maybe that's Troy Gallant, and that's kind of where he ends up. So Lafreniere takes advantage of the opportunity. Uh, you can't say anything bad about him just realizing, hey, actually, I have the number one overall draft pick. Uh, I guess I can do this. But to me, he's been a different player for the, over the past couple weeks, even without like, you know, the opportunity he's been given. I'm not really too worried about Lafreniere. Are, are you at this point? I'm not. No, no. I, I'm not at all. I'm good I, because again. We've said, I've said this before, and it's going to ring true. It, it's now the playoffs. So I'm not worried about the New York Rangers next year. I'm not worried about the New York Rangers in two years. I'm not worried about the New York Rangers in five years. These last five or so regular season games are not going to have a discernibly positive or negative impact on anybody's long-term future. And when it gets to the playoffs, I'm, I'm a believer in I, I don't care how you do it. You just have to win. I mean, I, I, again, we, there's, there's podcast evidence of the one time the New York Mets played a playoff game in Blue Shirts Breakaway history where I spent 15 minutes trying to talk myself into James Loney being the starting first baseman. Oh, God. I can't believe that time exists. <laughs> I can't. Like, like, I haven't, you know, when was the last time I thought about James Loney was? And I liked it. Uh, yeah, Loney. October 2016. Yeah, when we talked about that him on was this the fucking answer. Yeah, oh but that, God. yes, so I, that is the level of human I am when it comes to the playoffs. I am willing to talk myself into some really stupid shit. And it's, it's, it's also, the playoffs are just a time where an unlikely hero is going to step up, right? It, it, it always happens this way. It's why we love guys like Benoit Pouliot so much. So I, no, I, there's, I don't think there's anything to worry about Alexi Lafreniere. I think he did everything he could have done this year to prove that if given more leeway and more run, he can be that guy. We, I, I, I just, there's nothing. I don't, I don't worry about him at all. You know what I kind of associate Lafreniere with at this point? Can I take you into the Wayback Machine for a quick minute? Yeah, we got right. We'll do five star questions after this, so you got time. Do you remember that weird? one to two week period in like late November, early December when people were legitimately asking and debating if Keandre Miller should go down to Hartford. Ooh, do, do I remember? remember that time? Yeah. That, um, well, that's silly. <laughs> that's re- kind of how, that, but that, that, that's where I am with Lafreniere. It's like, I don't know if I'm just, or we are just ahead of the crowd here, but I have no worries. I, I don't, I don't need him to do anything in these next couple of games to prove some sort of narrative to me. And quite honestly, I don't really need him to do anything in the playoffs because the Rangers aren't going to give him that much pressure on his shoulders where he has to be that guy. I have long-term so I think, worries about Lafreniere and they all have to do with his skating. That's really it. The same I, have with long, I have zero long-term worries. None. Oh, I absolutely have long-term worries about Lafreniere skating. 
absolutely. I uh, couldn't disagree with you more on that. But everything else, everything else, like the hands are coming, the mind, the IQ, the play, everything else, it's all been there. It's all coming together. The confidence is showing. Long-term skating, I, I don't really see it with Kako and Lafreniere. I think they really need to skate and coach really badly. And I've been on that train for about a whole year now. So, um, But otherwise, I think you're right. I, I'm not really worried about Lafreniere at all, at all. Um, you want to do some five stars and we'll get to our guests? Yeah, sure. Why not? Surely. Uh, this is from Eponis Mike. If Greg McKegg scores a cup-winning goal, how quickly do the Ranger fans forget how dog shit he is and call for his jersey to be retired? Has to be game seven, game-winning goal. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Like, if the Rangers were up, like, 3-1 in this series and Greg McKegg scored, do you really care? I'm trying to remember. I think Glenn Anderson did score – like an important goal for the Rangers. He did. He did. We did but the recap. He, he, he fucking sucked. He was terrible. In those playoffs. He was, he was terrible. awful. Yeah. Um, like, and like, then you think about like, a guy like. Mateau. But the thing is like a guy like Mateau's played a role. It wasn't an important role, but it was an effective role. But it was more than Greg McKegg. I don't, I don't think he becomes that guy. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I just. I know that Glenn Anderson scored an important goal for the Rangers in 1994. And my. Overall opinion of Glenn Anderson from that. It has to be like that guy fucking sucked. Okay, here's what Greg, Greg McKay would have to do. He'd have to have like a like a 2011 David Freeze performance to really like go. Like if Greg McKay had a hat trick <laughs> in Game Six and Seven, we'd be like, all right, let's write, let's put it up there. <laughs> you earned it, buddy. Uh, that's it. I don't think there's another way. Uh, David, yeah, I, I don't know. I, let's just. Thank, thank our lucky stars. The Rangers are like three injuries away from having to have him in the lineup. David says, how indicative of the NHL. Is indicative? Re- indicative? Indicative. Wow. Indicative. Indicative. Well, indi- indicative. You, you have a new job I where you have broken. responsibilities. I am gone. I am. All right. How indicative <laughs> of the NHL's refusal to adapt. Uh, managing load t- or, or load managing top young talent is a meaningless game of, of civil war in the fan base. Uh, I guess he's saying, is it. Is it weird for us to just uh, argue about load management when it's not even a fucking thing in the NHL? I guess so. I don't know if we're, ar- I don't know if we're arguing about it. We're, we're just saying that it's probably it. a good idea. Yeah, we're advocating for it. Like, it, it is weird that Gallant goes to Chris Kreider, asks him if he wants a day off, and allows Kreider to decide if he does or he doesn't. Man. Like, yep. I don't know. I, I understand Kreider's going for a team record and all that shit, but, boy, you know – Jacob Truba, team captain, would never worry about an individual accomplishment. Adult Schneider, he'd, excuse you. He'd, he'd put he'd put the team first. Is all I'm saying. So all these people out here saying Chris Kreider's team captain. You know what team captain would do? Team captain would understand that he needs to rest his legs for the playoffs. Shouldn't give a shit about an individual accomplishment. All I'm saying. All I'm saying. He'd Rob. have he'd have more goals if he would have le- actually taken passes from Artemi Panarin instead of skating away. That's all I'll I say. I don't care. I don't care what number he That's scores all in the regular say. season. He better be scoring goals in the postseason. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's such an old man take. I love it. Uh, Ryan Scafuri <laughs> asks, small sample size, sure, but, man, it feels like Hedo and Kako need a long run together, huh? They look great. Yeah, they did, huh? Isn't that funny? Okay. Uh, Kako. <laughs> Kako well, I will, I will say this. I'm super fucking tired of people being like, oh, this man's made of glass. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I'm out of them. Yeah, he broke his wrist it, and then took a bad fall, and that was it. Um, he took he he took an awkward fall caused by a possible slew foot, and then he a, he took a bad he's taken two bad hits in the boards. Right, injury prone to me are like 
soft tissue injuries. Agreed. Ho- Ham- early Jose Reyes on the Mets. Hamstring, that's a big one. Something yeah. like that. Back injuries, the, the lower back especially. Um, yes. Kako, uh, Chris from, this is Chris from Florida. Who wins a seven-game series and why? The 13-14 Rangers or that year or this year's team? I think it's this year's team. I actually don't think it's close. I know Henrik Lundqvist is on that squad. I understand. Yeah, so the Stanley Cup Rangers? Yeah, the Stanley Cup, 13-14. I'd probably take them. I'm going to take this year. I know they like I know that team went to the cup and this team has a long road ahead of them if they want to make it to the cup, but I genuinely think top to bottom, like Igor, I don't want to say he's comparable to Hank cuz Henrik Lundqvist is a living god, but he's at least 80%. I mean, in, in night like this Igor is fucking crazy and the rest well, this, of this team this... is not even close. This is the old argument of would you rather have, like, the Stars and Scrubs fantasy lineup or would you rather have the almost completely equally balanced fantasy lineup with one gigantic star in goal? Because if you were to rank all the players, just, like, 1 to 50 on those two teams, number one and two are probably Hank and Igor in some way, shape, or form. That's correct. And then, like, the next top five are are probably on this current range. They're all on this team. But then numbers 6 through 30 are the 2013-2014 Rangers. Like, that team just didn't have a hole. It didn't have a star, but it also lacked a weakness. And it was, it was just fundamentally from start to finish, in order to beat that team, you had to be special for a consistent period of time where, like, you can catch this Ranger team on a bad night and you can dominate them. And it would, you would, it would be such a display that it makes you question your feelings about just how good this Ranger team is. That Ranger team, you almost get bored by the excellence. So I, I don't think it's as clear cut as you're making it out to be. That's all I'm saying. Fair. Uh, this is from CTV19. I'm not going to answer the question, but I want to, you know, I read it. He asked about 2024 plus lines. We have all summer. It was honestly all summer. Come back. I promise we'll talk about it. Uh, this is from Seamus. Uh, I don't know why I called him Seamus almost again. Which ranger would make the best ritual blood sacrifice for Kako's health? Greg McKegg. Let's move on. This is. Uh, oh, I'd, I'd actually say Le- Libra Hayek. Because I think it's it, Libra. It would be funnier if it was Julian Goche. Yeah, it's true. He's always making it about him. You're worried, you're worried about Kako's skating. Kako gets 10% of Gauthier's speed, but also loses 5% on his finishing. Uh, I'm not really about that. Um, this is a question inspired by Tony X's tweet. Which three Ranger skaters do you think would perform best in gold? The tweet from Tony is, uh, I wish the NHL was more like the MLB and throw a position player out there in net when the game gets out of hand. That's actually pretty funny. Uh, Chris Kreider, I guess, is one, right? Just feels like Kreider could deflect pucks himself. I think own? Reeves Reeves is just a big man. He's just huge. huge. He's a big guy. Huge. So he doesn't have to worry about lateral movement. And I just think Adam Fox can gonna... do anything. And he's played goal before. We've seen it. He he has. Uh um not Lieber Hayek. He'd be out of position literally all the time. Yeah. Being in the circle. I, again, I, you know what? Two for two. I'm gonna say Julian Goche. He's an expert at not poking the puck in the net. <laughs> So I think I think uh, Gauthier's got Gauthier. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, my dear friend Gauthier. All right, uh, that's it for BSB questions. I guess we can go to our two interviews. Is that is that what we should do? I guess so. Anything other uh-huh. topic you want to co- you want to cover real quick before we get out of here? But but get out of here in transition. I mean, I was just saying, who do you who who finishes with the better record this year? The New York Mets and Tampa Bay Rays. 
No, it's right now it looks rough. Got to be honest. It looks rough. The Mets have a 107 starters ERA, and Jacob DeGrom is not throwing a pick. Yeah, the Rays have a – they've had some rough starts before. I'm not going to get into Rays baseball talk right now, but, you know, Wander Franco squashed at the quad tonight, a couple other things. Not so well. Not good, <laughs> as they would call it. So uh, I'm waiting for the Mets thing to come because it's the Mets, so we'll see. <laughs> you did it you did it last year it happened we, we, had, we had this conversation last fucking april <laughs> last year last year we had the conversation we were like wow imagine all this team needs to do is start scoring runs yeah and they're going to be special and they, and they were like never actually scoring runs. not really interested in that not but really. they've scored runs occasionally this year already so i got you know pretty good all right let's get over to katie caldwell we're going to talk about some betting with her and then we're going to talk to our friend Adam Stringham. Is that how you say his last name? He's I think it's Stringham. Stringham? Stringham? Stringham. We're going to talk about the Capitals and making their surge to fight the New York Rangers in the playoffs. All right, we'll be back. Transition. Hey, we're back. We have a recurring guest, Adam Stringham of Japers Rick Radio. Hasn't been on since 2018. Anything happened in the last four years, Adam? Uh, well, Vetchkin keeps on scoring. Uh, I've, I've moved He's to putting them in. <laughs> He's still doing it. <laughs> so, uh, th- no, things are the same for the Capitals, although I-, I-, I think the Capitals haven't won a playoff round since we last talked. So, uh, well, neither have the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's, let's start off with this banger of a question, Adam, shall we? How sure. does it feel to know that the Capitals didn't break the Rangers? You actually fixed us. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's, it's shocking to me that, that Ryan Reeves is, is being considered some sort of, of ailment. You know, the Rangers have gone, they, they tried to go tough, right? I mean, that, that's, you guys have to tell me what the Rangers did, but, uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed the memes about how Tom Wilson was single-handedly responsible for ruining the Rangers franchise, but it sounds like, uh, reports of their demise were a little premature. Yeah, it turns out Ryan Reeves just came in and started screaming. Everyone was like, you know what? This team is good. And that was kind of it. Like, he didn't play hockey or anything, but he did, like, tell Igor Shosturka to release them, and that's about as far as it went, and that's all they really needed. <laughs> so uh, that's where we end up. You know, the Capitals are in charge of their own fate right now. Uh, they can, If they win out, they can beat the Penguins, and Penguins can't do anything about it. Uh, do you want the three seed? Where are the, where are the Capitals feelings, fans feeling right now? You know, it's interesting because I had this conversation with with John Press, who's in charge of the site, um, when I had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. And when we were talking, uh, he kind of thought he'd rather that the Capitals play anyone but Florida. Um, I mean, Florida is an amazing team putting up kind of record breaking offense. Um, so I'm not sure I'd want to play them either. But I think their goaltending is a little suspect, um, you know, especially in the playoffs. We look at kind of what Bobrovsky's done. And so I. I think there might be a vulnerability there, but uh, I, I think the Capitals would, you know, the majority of the fan base, rather they, they fall into that three spot and either play uh, the Rangers or Carolina um, just because of that kind of offensive juggernaut, which is Florida. And I don't know if you've seen, but the Capitals have not exactly been getting good goaltending of late. I will say this. It, it, it is one of those weird moments where I know us as Ranger fans, we have one thing we, we, more than anything, I do think we want the Penguins, number one. Um, but then, honestly, number two, I'll be frank with you. I feel most confident about beating the Capitals second. Do you feel like a matchup with the Rangers works for you, against you, or indifferent? Uh, it's all relative, I guess. So let me try to think if I can 
So, so you mean relative to playing anybody else, or just who do I think would have the better off in, in a Rangers Capitals matchup? I, I guess if you were to rank the teams one to seven, the teams you feel best about playing, where do the Rangers fit on your ranking? I assume uh, we, I assume, I, I understand it wouldn't happen, but you, like us, would prefer number one, the Penguins. Uh, yeah, I mean, playing the Penguins would be nice, especially with kind of all their injuries right now, and I think the Caps have been playing them well. Um, I think I would probably, I'd like the Capitals' chances against the Rangers more than the Panthers. Um, and then I'd probably, I think I'd, they, I think they, yeah, I'd rather play the Rangers than Carolina, actually. And then after that, I mean, it's kind of is what it is. But the, the, those wrong. are kind of, yeah. It, it, so up until that point, I mean, if you want me to go all the way down the list, I will. But kind of in the, in the, those are the three most realistic options. I'm looking at Michael Blake McCurdy's site right now. He's got Florida at 67% for Washington. The Rangers are next now at 18% and then Carolina at 14. So uh, pick my poison. Uh, I don't know what the rest of the fan base will say, but I, I guess I'd take the Rangers. So I imagine those might be a bit of fighting words, but no, I think it would uh, be a fun matchup. I I feel pretty confident in it. And uh, it would be a fun, like, you know, Rangers after last year, wouldn't that be like a fun narrative? Like we'd have a lot of fun with that. I, I'm pretty sure like Rangers penguins is cool. And I'm sure caps penguins is like, what, how many times are you going to do it? You know what I mean? But yeah, it's uh, it would at least be a fun first round series. I, I think it goes like at least six, probably I'm eh, assuming. Would it though? Would it? I mean, it depends on Igor. That's really the question. Um, Adam, uh, yeah. uh, is there a player this year that's been sort of a surprise for you on the Capitals that the Rangers don't know about? Uh, you know, the, the Capitals and Rangers have had so many, like, important matchups over the years, and um, none of the players that are on the Caps now that are really standout players necessarily new guys. Um, I, I think someone that maybe flew a bit under the radar in the past and wouldn't anymore is Dmitry Orlov. I mean, is that a name that stands out to you guys if I, if I say it or no? No, that's why we ask. <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Orlov's a guy you knew already, but uh, Orlov has kind of been a steady two-way defenseman since the Capitals drafted him. Um, and he's really just kind of taken that next step. I mean, John Carlson's continues to be the offensive kind of uh, torch carrier for the Capitals, but Orlov's the guy who, who's part of any sort of solid shutdown pairing uh, and still does a good job of producing offensively. He's more nimble on his feet than he's looked in the past, and, and, and he's not a young guy anymore. So um, I'd say Orlov is kind of the most impressive Caps uh, guy on the back end, and Nick Jensen as well, another guy that the Capitals traded for a few years ago. He was one of those uh, Brian McClellan loves picking up a defenseman for a second-round pick at the trade deadline. Uh, it took Jensen a couple years, but he's now a really solid top four defenseman who, if you guys are big into those kind of uh, war statistics, he tends to to rank pretty well in those as well. So um, I'd say it's those two guys on the back end. In terms of offense, I mean, I love what I see when Connor McMichael's playing for the Capitals, but he's not playing a lot right now. Uh, Peter Laviolette's not a huge fan of his. He's He's kind of the the youngest mainstay on the Capitals roster. He played in over 60 games this year. And, um, I mean, I'm sure you guys are, are, are aware that the Capitals are, uh, if not the oldest team in the NHL by average age, they, they are one of. Um, and for some reason, there's there's a big hesitancy to inject that youth into the lineup, which is a shame because he gives the offense a, a different wrinkle, um, which I think will be incredibly valuable in a playoff series. Well, Adam, the, the thing I always am fascinated about is kind of your – or any other person who doesn't cover the Rangers, their perspective of the team. So this isn't the team that got ragdolled in MSG 
by Tom Wilson and company <laughs> that forced James Dolan to fire everybody. And honestly, it's not even the team that you whooped ass on opening night. It just call a spade a spade. The Capitals dominated the Rangers the first game this year. What is your opinion of the New York Rangers today, April 18th, 2022? Uh, when I think of the Rangers, I think of a team that is getting results that are probably a bit better than what they deserve, personally. Uh, I think they're carried by probably the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. Um, again, this is from like a not a guy who watches every Rangers game. So when I think Rangers, I think um, a lot of talent, a lot of early draft picks. I don't think they're necessarily getting what I would have expected out of those top two guys. Um, and, and I think of the big man between the pipes. I mean, like, what's his GAA? I mean, what's his save percentage? Do you guys have that off the top of your head? Uh, best in the league. That's all. Yeah, I know. exactly. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, I mean. Well, how about how about this, Adam? On a level of one to Henrik Lundqvist, where is your fear level if you had to face Igor Shosturkin for Good seven question, games? Yeah, I, I think Shosturkin's a, a bit more of an unproven asset in the playoffs than Lundqvist, um, and I have so much respect. I mean, Lundqvist probably kept the Capitals from. I mean, he did keep the Capitals from getting out of the second round a handful of times um, back in, when the Capitals were were probably their best teams, right? I mean, the team that won the Cup was was not the Capitals' best roster on paper. Um, but I put it at about a seven and I think there'd be a risk if you get all the way up to a 10. I mean, he very well could be as good as Lundqvist was in, in the years that, that he kind of carried the Rangers. Uh, not that the Rangers were ever dominated by the Capitals in their playoff series. They weren't, but, um, you know, I think of a, the game seven in Washington or one of the game sevens in Washington where Lundqvist, uh, just stopped everything. And I remember Braden Holpe gave up some leakers and that was the difference in the series. So, uh, Shesterkin's a guy who can, who can steal games and steal a series. And I'm not totally sure that that's what would have to happen for the Rangers to beat the Capitals anyway. As I, as I said, I'm not, not quite as bullish on the Capitals as, or I don't know if you guys heard me say that. It might have been when I cut out. I'm not as bullish on the Capitals as their recent record might indicate. Well, I, I think... I think they might be the weakest team in the Eastern Conference, and that's not a shot at the Capitals. Like, I still think they're a, a very good hockey team. It's just this is the, is this the strongest the East has been, what, like a couple years now? <laughs> like, I can't, well, what? I can't remember the East that's this strong. Yeah, they're, I mean, perfect example is what? They're two weeks left in the regular season. The East is clinched. Like, it, it's settled. We know what eight, we've known what eight teams are going to the playoffs since the end of January. And yet, I guess. Beginning of January. Uh, it, yeah, not not to steal your question here, uh, Ryan, but I Go think ahead. I'm about to because I think it's going to be the same thing. So, like, has this just been a year of complacency, Adam, for the for the Capitals? Like, what is what is your how do you grade this? Does something need to happen in the playoffs for you to sit back, relax, and be like, you know what, successful Capitals season? Well, I guess it depends. Uh, for for me personally, um, I think the Capitals making it out of the first round would be a successful season for me. Um, I, the team hasn't won a playoff round since 2018. Um, they, they not really even came close since the year after they won the cup, where they took Carolina to seven. Um, and there is kind of an organizational shift. And as weird as this sounds, people will be like, no, there's no way a team would be like that. I think a lot of capitals brass is almost more focused on Ovechkin catching Gretzky than they are winning the cup at this point. Um, I mean, even if you, I'm sure you guys didn't, if you, if you go and watch kind of the Ovechkin press conference when they re-signed the deal, 
a lot of the talk was just, you know, about how when Nicholas Backstrom got his new deal, he was outlining what Ovechkin had to do to catch Gretzky. And like, that was stuff that was really jumping out to Capitals management and that Ted Leones is the owner of the team. Um, I mean, the, the franchise wanted that cup win so bad and they got it so late in that window that like, while they could still do it, it is definitely, I mean, it's really unrealistic, right? I mean, every, we, we, all three of us know how hard it is for a team to win the cup. Um, I, I mean, if you were handicapping for me, what the odds were, I mean, what do you think is more likely Ovechkin catching Gretzky or um, the Capitals winning another cup? Have you seen the East? It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane. It's like, cool, we finally beat Igor Shesterkin. Congratulations, Capitals. Here's murder. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's it. Uh, exactly. I mean, it's and it's probably going to stay that way. I mean, there are some exceptional, relatively young teams in the Eastern Conference. And the Islanders and... had a year from hell, Adam. Like, they're going to be it... back. There is. I mean, and I, I always thought the Islanders were getting more out of that team than I thought necessarily they had the talent for on paper, but I didn't think they'd do as badly as they did this year. And they had all the COVID stuff. Um, so, yeah, the Islanders will be competitive again. I mean, look, I, I think the Capitals, they are what, what what kind of the people following the Capitals thought they'd be at the start of the year, which was a bubble playoff team. Uh, granted, they ended up like, the, you know, they made the playoffs by a very wide margin. So it's not like they were but they are a bubble in terms of they were at the kind of the last placing. Um, but as I said, I think that a lot of the organizational focus right now is on Ovechkin and doing what they can to, to ensure that the team is competitive enough for him to be, catch Gretzky. And uh, he very well might get 50 goals this year, which I think would be a huge accomplishment and make it much more realistic that he gets to, to Gretzky's number. I mean, yeah, Chris, he, Chris he Kreider might, first. Yeah, he, I mean, he might get to Kreider. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> to, your, to your point, Adam, isn't how just fucked up backwards and ridiculous is this Eastern playoffs where the three of us, fans of two different teams, are both sitting here and saying, yeah, our best chance of winning in the first round is Sidney Crosby. That's who <laughs> we want to play in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it is messed up. I mean, the Penguins... Um... I mean, look, the rest of the league should try to be getting Washington not to play Pittsburgh because when Ovechkin and Crosby play each other in the playoffs, uh, each time the winner of that series has gone on to win the Stanley Cup. So uh, j just something to keep in mind there because, you know, that that, that small sample size will, will definitely – I mean, unless I'm missing – they've only played each other three times in the playoffs. And, uh, of course, the Penguins won those uh, – mm, maybe four times now. Sorry, four times? Definitely four. I feel four. Like it feels like 11, yes. but it's yes. Like yes, it was four. It was 08 09, and the Pittsburgh won. Then, when Pittsburgh won the back to back cups, they beat Washington both times. And then in 2018, when Washington finally beat Pittsburgh in six games, um, that was the fourth and, and most recent time. And uh, of course, Washington went on to win. So, uh, you know, that's a big powerhouse series, and the winner's pretty much guaranteed to go all the way to the cup because you guys know how that works, you know, correlation, causation, oh, all yeah, that no, fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, sure, sure, but yeah. no, uh, I mean, Pittsburgh's having, I mean, they're, they're in a slump right now. They're really cold. So I think anybody, um, uh, the hot hand and kind of coming into the playoffs hot, that's a thing. And it, and it seems to matter. I mean, especially, I know when you used to go look at underlying play, the 20 games before the playoffs teams that were doing a great job controlling shot share, controlling, uh, all those advanced metrics, they tended to do better. 
Um, and right now, Pittsburgh's shit in the bed. They're an opportunity. Like they, they are providing an opportunity for someone to beat them. And uh, you know, like they're not even on the on the chart for Washington having a chance to play them. So, uh, but I would certainly be rooting to play them too if if I was in the Rangers' shoes. Is there a team that scares you the most in the East? Like you're like, oh man, that's is it Florida? Like or is it Tampa Bay or who is it? Probably Tampa. Um, I mean, we we talked. I hate them. Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, I hate those guys that just circumvent the cap all the time and they drive cheat. me crazy. Yeah, it's just yeah, unbelievable. They don't, they don't circumvent. They fucking cheat. We can call yeah. a spade a spade on yeah, this Yeah, and, and they, they put it on a damn t-shirt. Like, come on. Um, Florida, Florida's goaltending to me will forever be – like, they – I won't have faith in their goaltending until their goaltending does something. It's probably the same way everyone talks about the Capitals. I won't think the Capitals can do shit in the playoffs till the Capitals do shit in the playoffs, right? And that's kind of how I feel about Florida's goaltending right now. Um, Toronto's kind of in that same boat as Florida where, like, I think they've got a staggeringly good offense. Austin Matthews is having, like, one of the best seasons since uh, the salary cap. I mean, really just amazing offensive production. But those guys got bounced by Montreal in the first round last year in a series that they 100% should have won. Granted, a lot of other teams lost to Montreal that shouldn't after that, too. But that was Toronto's year, I thought, was last year. Uh, I thought that the the Canadian division was by far the worst in hockey and provided the best chance that for, for them to get at least to the conference finals. They didn't do shit with it. Um, and, and again, I, I just don't have they're another one of those kind of show me teams. I mean, how many times are you going to bet on the guy that keeps on letting you down over and over again? Uh, Tampa, Tampa's just a, a good solid all around hockey team, which uh, it's just hard to bet it against the guys that like they've, they've proven it. They've shown they can do it. They still have great goaltending. The offensive weapons are, are limitless. Um, I, I have trouble betting against Tampa and I think Boston's a bit of a sleeper as well. So um, I, that, that's only really me talking about the other division. I mean, I know, I, it's so I, terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Carolina, I, I do like Carolina too, but they, they're, I, I don't know. I, I get a little pissed off thinking about Carolina because I, they're, um, their whole social media stuff just drives me up the wall. Really? So. I think oh, you're, not, you're not a bunch of jerk guy, Adam? Come on. No, I like that stuff. It's the, uh, it's the like the the trolling of the other fa- like teams fan bases. I just think it's weird as shit coming from like a team account. Just from a mark from a marketing perspective, it's brilliant. I'm just gonna let you know that. Yeah. It's, oh no, it is. But I think like the bunch of jerks thing was funny. I think I, I liked them more when they were the underdogs. You know, uh, you either you know, die a hero or live long enough to be a villain. That's kind of Carolina for me. So fair, fair. It used uh, to be fun. Now I'm just angry at you. That's that's uh, exactly that's the story right. Of a lot you know, of heroes, that's for sure. I'm I'm used to the Capitals being at the top of the division. All right, I don't need anybody else over there. <laughs> Greg, any final questions for our friend Adam before we move on with our lives? <laughs> not not for uh, Adam in purpose, but just like it's, it's like jeez, God, was, it, was that that bad? Oh my Adam, God! No, I'm so you're, sorry. You're, you're in it. Just... Shits the bed once, and Ryan fucking buries you. <laughs> yeah, that's immediately what happened. I, I, guess I, I guess I won't hear from you guys till 2026. Dude, time. I'm so sorry. I really have had like. Well, no. First, first of all, Adam, you're fucking welcome. You hadn't wanted. You went an entire BSB death sentence, not winning a playoff series. We bring you back. You guys are winning one this year. Oh, Good yeah. job. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know who to thank. Yeah. You know what? Send we charge cards. a pretty penny, so Send you better have a couple dollars on that. Uh, but I guess my, my final question for you is, do you – how long is this Capitals window open? Is it as long as Ovechkin is playing? Or do you see a 
next year, the year after, within do you see the Capitals just becoming an also ran in the near future? Or do you think this still has a little juice left in it? Uh, I gotta be hundred percent. I don't think the Capitals are, they're not a top tier contender anymore. Um, the Capitals no, are, but like, I, I mean, I, I listen as a Met fan, uh, <laughs> I wonder what it's like to be a perennial playoff team. That's something yes. that I've never had. The Capitals are still that. So oh my yes. Quest, my question, as long as you get to the dance, you have a shot, right? Okay, fair but enough. Do you, do you do you see this perennial playoff positioning? When Ryan and I think about the teams in this division next year, are we supposed to still think the Capitals are one of the four best teams in the Metro, or is the demise a little closer than we are giving them? We we are. I tried imagined. to write you off this year, and it just didn't work. Uh, I, I think the Capitals will continue to be a a, a playoff team. Uh, probably for the remainder of Ovechkin's tenure. I mean, as I kind of said earlier, I think the the organizational's goal maybe isn't quite as lofty as it was before. They're not really giving up big draft picks like they were to try to make get that one piece that's going to help them win the cup. Um, they're in this for the long haul right now. Uh, get Ovechkin the goals he needs to to pass Gretzky. And I'm just, I mean, I've been, I keep thinking New Jersey's going to take the next step. They're not. Uh, Philadelphia. I thought we were doing every other year. They didn't suck, but you know they suck twice in a row <laughs> they're, now. They're Adam, you, Adam, you think you have goalie problems? Welcome to yeah. New Jersey. That's exactly all right. Exactly. So if, if those guys, and then so the only teams that can really unseat them, right, are the Islanders and Columbus, or, or well, the other guys could too, but they require more dramatic improvement. I'm just not sold that the Capitals, even with the aging roster, can't keep up with those guys. Um, and I'm never going to bet against Ovechkin. The Capitals, as you said, have only missed the playoffs once since 2007, 2008. And that was when they had Adam Oates as head coach, who was literally the worst head coach maybe in the NHL during that year, uh, as evidenced by Barry Trotz coming in and then basically winning the President's Trophy uh, pretty consistently after that up until they won the Cup. So um, I think the Caps are going to stay competitive, uh, at least for the next few years. And it, at least to make the playoffs. Uh, some, anything can happen in the dance, at least to win a round, right? A goalie can steal a series. I mean, anytime you talk about a team that doesn't deserve to win that wins, like I think about Yaroslav Halak and the Montreal Canadiens in 2010. That team sucked, and they beat the Capitals, the Powerhouse Capitals, and the Powerhouse Penguins. Um, so anything can happen when you ride a hot goaltender. It's been a couple of years, so I feel like I have to ask this. Do you feel like you win another cup if uh, if the Islander, current Islander coach doesn't leave you? Um, I don't know. That's a, it's a good question, but there was, there were a lot of reports about a disconnect between Brian McClellan and Barry Trotz, um, coming out of that. I'm sure you guys remember that whole handshake between John Tortorella and Barry Trotz where, where, where he told Tortorella that he was out after, after this, like no matter what happened, he wasn't going to be on the Capitals anymore. Um, Todd Reardon was not a good coach. I do think the Capitals definitely win a few more play- playoff rounds with with Barry behind the bench. Um, but I'm also not entirely sure that that Barry's heart was still in it. Um, and, but he took an amazing coaching staff with him to the Islanders. So he did a great I, job I def- with that team, man. He really did. It's... Oh my God, yeah. I mean, I, I, you look at the Islanders team on paper compared to the Ooh. Washington team he left. They don't even compare. He, I mean, it's kind of like when he went from Nashville to Washington. I mean, Barry Trotz is a great head coach, and he gets a hell of a lot out of what he's given. Um, but I don't know if they win a cup, but I, I do think they'd be competitive. Uh, 
I mean, you guys just go look at that age of that Washington roster, and you start being like, "Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do uh, in a, you know the long these long playoff runs as time goes on." Totally understand, Adam. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm not moving on in my life. I'm just saying goodbye. But before you go, do you want to plug anything uh, other than obviously you're a podcast host and all that? No, no. Uh, if you guys have any interest in reading about the Capitals or if the Capitals end up playing the Rangers, um, either check out the podcast Japers Rink Radio. Or just read the site, Japers Rink. We're part of the SB Nation network. Uh, guys put out a lot of good articles. I don't really write anymore. I just I just talk about it on the show. So We don't write. We just talk. That's it. I know. You know, it's just too much work, you know? It's much more fun just to look up the stats and then come shoot the shit and, you know, be told goodbye and I'll talk to you in four years. <laughs> oh, you, 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 you look up the stats. You do more work than we do. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well... You, do you know who's GAA? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to step it up, you know. It's, yeah. It's, no, he's you know, really I'm good. telling you, the longer you wait before coming back, the more research I'll do. So who knows? Next time I might, like, you know, actually write an article and prep. I don't know. I'm excited Whoa. for 2027. It's going to be a good year uh, for us, Adam. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great year. Maybe Capital Ovechkin will have already broken the record. And He'll still be playing. Maybe. I don't know. I think he's done the second he scores more than Gretzky, but we'll he's see. He's like day one. Like, he's like, I scored it. All right, we're drinking vodka. I'm done now. That's it. He'll finish. He'll, he'll do that, like, uh, that retirement tour where they give him like a, a rocking chair made out of sticks, all that. Yeah, Mariana Rivera, baby. All right, Adam. There it is. We'll talk to you all soon, right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. No, of course. Thank you. Later, bud. All right. Hey, we're back with our one of our guests for the day. We have Katie Caldwell. She's a host and associate producer at, at the Parlay. We talk all things gambling. And uh, Katie, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me, guys. This is so fun. What a fun uh, Monday night. As, uh, there's a lot of sports gambling on over the next couple of weeks, especially with the NBA playoffs. Um, has there been any fun NBA trends at all you've noticed of recently? Should I should I bet Steph Curry? Should I bet what's what's the hot bets these days? What are the kids talking about? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best one to ask that because I Damn do it, I really <laughs> wild basketball. Pe- <laughs> no, but like for chaos purposes, I am the best person. But for like normal responsible betting, I don't think I am because I love doing wild basketball player prop parlays. Is parlay like so, the like, only way to really actually bet? Because all my degenerate friends, including Gregory, mostly bet parlays, and that's it. I think the betting companies love when you do because they probably make the most amount of money that way. But I don't know. I like betting one over isn't super exciting to me because it's like, oh, you pay five bucks and you get back like three years. Like th- that to me isn't super exciting. I like doing long ass parlays always because I'm a young immature child to the 69th cent so I'll do like a bet for 269 and usually it'll pay out like between 50 and 100 and sometimes they hit and it's like the craziest feeling ever (laughs) most of the time they don't obviously but we do. Yeah. We get a lot of tags I, I, on people that like go like real deep, like Kako to score, big time. like Keandre Miller to block a goal with his face. They're like, oh, what? This is like never <laughs> happening. What? And then they hit it, and then we all retweet it like assholes. So fun. Just Sorry. so fun. Sorry, Greg. Go on. <laughs> well, I was, I was just gonna say that like, we, I don't I don't know, Katie, if you have this experience, but I certainly have this experience where if I if I hit a parlay that I was super confident in. It's almost like I can't enjoy it because I'm like, why didn't I just bet more money? But then if I lose one, I'm like, why do I do parlays? There's no middle ground for me. <laughs> no winning. Wow. You articulated how I feel so often in a way that I was never able to do, but I totally get what you're saying, Greg. <laughs> Greg is well, the think- master of negative emotions. If you ever want to like parse through them, he's there for you. Love that. 
I, I don't I don't know if you should. I, I'm a big <laughs> I, let me, Well let me let me let me run this one by you, Katie, because I think this is the next uh this is the next oh, big thing in, in betting that I've tried to tell everyone. And it's here we go. I call it betting against your own misery, right? So okay. instead of not yes, on every night I want the Mets and the Rangers to win. Obviously. Mm-hmm. That's for like just the most important thing. But I am now a smart enough gambler where I know miserable things are going to happen to my team. Specifically, if the New York Rangers happen to be playing someone that used to play for the New York Rangers, <laughs> I can guarantee you on a certain level, they're going to score a goal. So now I am making bets that someone is going to score against my team because I am winning both ways. I either one get paid when it happens or two, I mushed it from happening and I spent X amount of dollars to ensure that my team was going to. And honestly, it's like eight for 11 this year. It's like, it's really good. (laughs) It's really good. Yeah. Like I think I bet Anthony Duclair to score a goal every time the Rangers played the Panthers. And I'm pretty sure I went two for three. So it's, I just, all I'm saying, Katie, you're whichever your teams are. If you're confident, a player is going to make your team look silly. You put money on it from for that to happen because then either he does it and you're less miserable because you've made money or he doesn't do it, which means you're happy because your team probably won. Oh, Greg, sweetie, you're talking to me like I don't already bet like this. Come on. <laughs> but Greg invented it. He eats his thing. I don't. Oh, I, admit, I, I, admit I, I did that. probably invent it. I admit that. I admit that I have made a lot of money doing it, though. I've done it, and you know what? It just feels like a bit of a win-lose. And full honesty, I did that tonight. I bet on the 76ers because I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be a win-win. I win money if they win, and if not, then the rep. And and I'm sitting here, and they come out to an 11-2 and two run or something, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing over here? Why am I betting against my team? I have so many just weird internal, like, it doesn't feel right betting against teams I care about. I get the logistical reasons behind it, but it all feels uncomfortable. It... <laughs> It does. When you care about teams and you hope to make money, you're never going to emotionally come out ahead. That's what I see. That you just described my entire life. I care about the Rangers <laughs> and I hope to make money, but I don't bet, and it's still sad. Yes, <laughs> it's literally my entire existence. The two, those two factors and pillars. Very fun. Um, has there been like any crazy bet you've seen this year where you've been like, I can't believe that bet hit, or like, I can't believe this person actually even bet it. Yes, and it's my own. Nice. <laughs> I'm so happy that I get to like flex on about this. It was what so guys for context, I'm so new to the sports betting world. I started sports betting after I started working for the parlay. So I before COVID hit, I was working doing hosting and producing live events. Katie, real quick, why don't, so you, natu- plug, why don't you plug what the parlay is so people know what it is? Oh, That's so the parlay the is a Canadian sports betting content company. Got it. Okay, cool. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Good context that you're right. That is important. (laughs) So, uh, prior to the pandemic, I, yeah, like I said, hosting and producing live events. So naturally when COVID hit, I was the least essential person on the fucking planet because live events didn't exist and sports didn't exist. So I became very unemployed for a long time. And then my boss, uh, Kevin Kennedy with the parlay, um, he had to pivot his company into, Uh, out of the live event 
space, obviously. So he has the parlay now. So I'm kind of back with the old gang, back with the boss. But I didn't join with the parlay because I was super smart or passionate about sports betting. So it's been a really fun an interesting learning curve because I was always such a big sports fan and I've worked in sports for years, but the sports betting world is so new to me. That's why it's so funny when you guys are like, do you want to come on be a gambling expert? I'm like, oh my God, I'm still learning, <laughs> but it's been so much fun. But I think it was about my third or fourth parlay video. I was doing the NFL at this point and it was just based on vibes. Like it didn't logistically make a lot of sense, but I did a parlay of um, the Jags and Colts, Jags money line. So that was right at the end of the season. Carson Wentz looked like a piece of shit. They had to win that game. It was against the Jags. So I parlayed that with a Vegas and Chargers tie. That was the series where, or that was the game where if they both tied, they both made it to the postseason. So it was just a really unique situation that I don't ever remember seeing in my life. And I parlayed them together because, so, sorry for... Uh, hockey listening fans that don't care about football but Frank Reich the coach for the Colts has never ever won in Jacksonville and it's just one of those things like the Leafs can't get out of the first round there's just so much in their heads about it and it didn't make any sense and every people are like oh you're not going to do spread I said no no no, baby I'm doing Jags money line on this one my five dollar bet paid out like seven hundred dollars or something that's stupid. pretty good that's a good return. Yeah. yeah that's nice I so to start sports betting like that, now I'm like, oh my God, it, I peaked so early in my sports betting career. But in my video, I talked about that. So my phone started blowing up at the end of the game where it was tied. And they're like, there's no way you're actually going to get this. And I'm looking at my phone like, I need to get another beer. I can't believe this is happening right now. And they ended up not tying in overtime. But there's this whole discourse where if the timeout wasn't called, they probably would have. And that's a whole different story. But yeah, that's how my sports betting career kind of started was I made that bet and I talked about it on the video and all these people are like, who is this freak? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know I, if anybody uh... said that. <laughs> I don't, but I mean, I mean it's, in it's a bad way though, where, where they're like, who did the parlay just hire that this woman is saying that these are things going to happen. So when it did, I'm like, Holy shit. You guys, just call yourself a sightseer. You build a career on that moment. Like, some people do it. Like, you know, we pretend to know hockey. We don't know anything. Everyone knows. Yeah, you just, you have to immediately change. <laughs> None your, of like, us on do. Air you got to change your on-air name to like Clairvoyant Caldwell. That's good. <laughs> nice branding, Greg. Like the message. I love hey, that. This, this is, this is, this is what I do. All right, Katie, I know you're deep in the weeds with NFL still, but with hockey playoffs coming up, is there a team you feel most comfortable backing with capital? in order to make a little money this May? See, my gut wants to go Avalanche, Florida. They just look so, so good. Value-wise, I am still looking at the Calgary Flames. I wouldn't be super shocked to see a Flames-Lightning final, which obviously Flames fans have a lot of feelings about that. I just I just love what they've done. They've shown that they're in win-now mode, uh, much to the dismay of Canucks fans. I love Foley on that team. People are talking about being worried about Markstrom. I have zero worries about Markstrom. So they're what they're plus 750 right now. So I like the value on that. I don't think enough people are talking about the Minnesota Wild. And I don't necessarily mean to go all the way, but I just like betting on the Wild right now. They are plus 2000, I believe, last time I checked to win it all. But man, like you saw Kevin Fiala last night, four points. I watched him uh, when I was down in Nashville. He was on the team then. 
underrated player. Kevin Fiala is a gamer. And then you bring in Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, it just, they look like that was their biggest issue that I had with the Wild was their goaltending. And to get hot heading into the postseason, that's exactly when you want to do it. So those are two teams that the Flames people are still talking about. But I like the value on both of those teams. Not necessarily, like I said, to win it all, but just betting on in general in the playoffs. I think when you're betting on the playoffs, you can't bet any team on the East. All the value is going to be in the West. And Yes, yeah, you, absolutely. Just, just if you really want value, it's non-avalanche teams in the West. Everything else, like, you'll find value. <laughs> yeah. But on the East, it's like, well, I guess flip a coin six times and hope you're right every single time. Awesome. You weren't. Congratulations. You lost your money. Totally. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. We're, we're, I, I'm not a Minnesota wild believer. I could see the Blues making a run right now. They're absolutely scorching hot. Mm. And then the Flames are definitely a good bet to a team that walloped the Rangers two times this year. Um, so uh, you can't just bet anyone in the East. That's just it. If you're going for Stanley Cup odds at all. Um, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I guess, Katie, that makes me want to twist this question on its head. Who are you specifically avoiding? You're not betting on this team no matter what, just not worth the money. Ooh, that's a really good question. I hadn't really thought about that yet. Thank you. Thank you. I'm um, you, you really are. Um <laughs> I'll say it in, you guys might love this. If I'm the Pens and I get the Rangers in the first round, I'm not betting on the Pens. Woo! I neither are we. I love that matchup for them. <laughs> neither are we. It's the team we want to face the most, <laughs> and it's very weird to tell you right now on April 18th at 8, 12 p.m. Uh, that I want to play Sidney Crosby and Evetti Malkin. I don't know why my brain yes. is exploded, but yes. <laughs> That's why I got shivers up my spine even saying that out loud, but it's... Igor Shosturkin, like, I don't need to say this to you guys, of all people, and you listeners obviously know this, but, yeah. (laughs) Man, the the way that those two teams match up, and then just the Rangers being hot right now, I I would bet on them to win the division, but I don't necessarily think that's the best thing for them. We agree! (laughs) It's so funny, it's like, you do this show, you pretty much hit all our talking points, so congratulations, you nailed it. (laughs) But Uh, yeah, the two guys, like Andrew Kopp, to one of the best pickups on deadline day. Absolutely. And Chris Kreider, absolute heater lately. Lately. I'm someone this that whole year. <laughs> he's well, unbelievable. I know. <laughs> Is he, he's 50. Has he passed 50? Last I saw he had 50. Uh, no, I don't believe he's he still has. Sitting there? He's still fit. I, I think, I think he's 50 on the nose still. Yep. Uh, I think, Unreal. Yeah. Lafreniere took some goals from him. Unfortunately, you know, just so, so mm. rude of number one overall pick Lafreniere to show off. He actually has a skill <laughs> for the first time. In a long time. Um, fun times. Uh, with Going back to the – I actually want to switch this to the NFL draft, if you don't mind, because um, I'm woefully uneducated. Is there, like, a bet where you could bet that a quarterback's going to go in the top ten this year? That's such a good question, and I feel like every other year I would be able to answer that. This year, I have no idea what's going to happen. I just, like, it's just one of those, it's, it's, everybody's talked about it. It's not a strong draft class. We think it's, there's teams with needs, the Panthers. Now they're all of a sudden they're talking about Baker Mayfield again. Like there's just so many weird different factors where typically you look at a draft class, like with the Joe Burrow, the Justin Herbert, and, and you have these very obvious tiers of quarterbacks and tiers of these other positions. And this is just such a strange off season where, nobody really knows like the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world obviously know a lot more than I do but a lot of people I've never seen so much range across everybody's draft boards and 
I'm right in there where it's, I can't confidently say like Seattle to me, Willis makes sense in Seattle at nine. But other than that, I, I feel kind of stuck with the draft this year. I will say it, it's one of the weirder drafts because you could make an argument for just about every team in the top 10. I mean, you also get a, this is a year where two teams have two top 10 picks. And one of those yes. teams is not drafting a quarterback. Um, and like in any other draft class, there's a, just a 100% chance that the Detroit Lions are taking a quarterback. They very clearly need one. They very clearly. Wait, wait, have... wait. You're meaning to tell me Jared mm-hmm. Goff is not the answer. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to shock you. Uh, as, as someone who has spent the last three years in a dynasty football league, starting Jared Goff or Daniel Jones, it's not like oh, I've exactly, no. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a miserable fantasy. Watson, player. he had some but, stuff going oh, on, no. so you couldn't start. Yeah, him. I might have had Deshaun Watson. He might be a piece of shit, so I might be, you know, up shit's Creek on that one. Uh, but either way, yeah. it's it's just, it's very weird that I like uh, Matt Corral. I enjoyed him in college, mm-hmm. but I can't sit here and make an argument for him being a top 10 pick. I just, I, I could make more arguments about, I, I'm a big... Uh, Kyle Trask guy from Florida okay. a couple years ago. Yeah. If he was in this draft, I think he'd be the number one quarterback off the board. This is just the weirdest quarterback class I've ever seen. Yes. And I can't make an argument for anybody. That, that's exactly how I feel. And I've never quite felt like this. It's making me feel like a bit of an idiot, but then it's nice. Cause when I talk to other people, they feel the same and it's really validating. <laughs> Oh, well, feel, but it's, it's like not... a bit of an idiot in sports. Like that's not like... yeah, totally. <laughs> and then, but then you you like you double down on it, and it's like there's not even a slam dunk offensive lineman you can take. Mm-hmm. It's all these edge rushers who I think are all great, and most of them are going to have good careers. But the teams at the top of the draft, they're not an edge rusher away from being competitive. Yeah, corners do. I feel the same about corners in this draft. All right, let's talk I, about. I'm all, it's also just going to be a big name draft. I just like. Give me all the sauce gardeners and the smoke Mondays, and I'm just going to go home happy. Let's talk about what really matters. Can Liverpool yes. win the quadruple? I mean, never mind. Oh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the thing I care about the most right now. Um, with, I guess, is there been, like, an uptake in betting just generally since you've got to the parlay? Do you think, like, most of your questions have become about betting? Like, is it become a zeitgeist? Like, is it going to be taken over, like, all these arenas sometime soon? I feel like we're just so far behind, and we're, like, we're still getting there when it comes to accessibility and getting new people into betting, and there's still so mm-hmm. many different um, companies trying to fight and compete for space. Where do you see, like, kind of, like, the next step of betting going? Like, is mobile the last frontier? I don't know. i just got to pick your brain here. It's such an interesting question because I've been wondering all the same things. Cause like I said, I'm so new to this too, but I single game betting just became legal in Ontario on April 4th. So there's all of a sudden, all of these new, new partnerships, new, this new, that new apps that have been kind of waiting in the wings to be released. So everybody's just kind of in this waiting period of seeing what this is going to look like. Cause of course, when at first the floodgates open up, there's all of these new companies and everybody, they want to try and drag you into their company, to your betting service. So you have these free bets. But I'm curious to see what things are going to look like when it slows down a bit, when they kind of settle in and get more of a gauge of what the market looks like, not when it's super new and fun and exciting, but which players they're retaining and what that looks like. And I don't think like there's people that are way more expert on this than I am, but I don't think a lot of people know the answer to that yet. 
a lot of like Vegas casinos have already kind of pulled their apps. I believe the Win had a mobile betting app, and mm. now that is now gone. Um, it's funny because it's like you look at all the other tech companies around the world, right? Like you know the Apples, the Googles, and all these uh, Salesforce, mm. for example. And there always ends up being like who that big winner is. Like it's still Walmart versus Amazon, right? At the end of the day, so who's going to be like the two that? that are just there at the end. And I think that's what kind of everybody's fighting yeah. for right now, like DraftKings, FanDuel, all those guys. Everybody's fighting for mm-hmm. fighting for that one spot to be the end-all, be-all sports book, I guess. I, I wonder how long that lasts yeah. until we, like, everyone just eats each other up like every other industry in the United States and Canada. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. Nobody knows yet. Yeah, I mean, if we knew, we'd have stock, right? That's how that works. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll make I'll make the caveat that there's one industry in gambling that has been mm-hmm. doing this for essentially since apps have existed, and it is horse racing. Because at almost uh, most states, I don't know about Canada, you could legally bet mobile on horse racing, even though sports betting was illegal, and there are still. Mm-hmm dozens of different horse gambling apps and they they've been in operation years longer than the DraftKings and everything of the world like there there are certain laws where you can use one in new york but i can't use that one in new york when i'm in florida can't use that one when i'm in jersey mm. you can use some in jersey but you can't use them in kentucky and you go, it goes on and on and i i am of the opinion that this is not going to settle itself for decades we're just going to be there are going to be more apps coming in there are going to be some apps coming out and it's it's I am of the opinion everyone is a casual sports fan. And I think most casuals would say they need some, well, maybe not most, but a good majority need a good kick in the butt to watch a game where one of their teams is not involved. And mm-hmm. what better motivator to watch? Like I'm, I'm not a Sixers fan. I'm not a Raptors fan. I'm barely an NBA you fan. You're hardly an NBA guy. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you've heard Katie, the New York Knicks, not good. And they haven't been good for just about my entire <laughs> 33 years on earth. So in order for me to watch a basketball game, I need to have something on it. So I took the 76ers minus five and a half. And that is how you get me to watch a basketball game. And I know I'm not the only person that feels that way. So I think those people are going to hang around. I wonder if it ever gets uh, so easy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. My, my apologies. Um, I wonder if it ever gets so easy to where it's like, they really like, like, let's say Amazon gets Thursday night football, right? Well, they already have it. So, and then they team with, uh, they team with one of these sports betting companies. And then all of a sudden on your phone while you're streaming, it's as an interactive stream and you can literally bet mm-hmm. as you're watching on the same game. Like you don't even have to leave that screen, like on those plays. I, I wonder if we ever get that far and it doesn't actually feel like we're that far away. And I wonder if that's even going to be successful. Now I'm just going futurology and I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's on my brain works. You're speaking it into existence, and I love that. No, I, I don't think that's far off at all, because I think we're eventually going to get past the days of new, for example, baseball fans sitting down and watching a full baseball game. I will always watch full games because, Greg, like you, I'm also 33. We grew up in a different generation than these young kids, but these children. there are going to be kids that <laughs> – the youths. There are going to be kids watching Vladdy in Toronto – have an at bat on their phone and then go do something like things are just changing so much where our attention spans are only getting shorter and everything is becoming more accessible, more on demand, more in your hands. So yeah, I think that's absolutely the way that things are going. I will say this Katie, cause you're a blue Jays fan as a neutral that home plate uh, umpire the other night is that was the most abysmal baseball game I've ever seen in my life. And I think 
Blue Jay fans have rights to gripe. That was incredible did how you, bad that guy Greg, was. did you see the fan that couldn't get the sign-in, which was just the ump report card? They wouldn't let him in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, I don't, unbelievable. Katie, I don't know if you – I'm a – Ryan and I, baseball nerds to the max, where it's actually embarrassing. But it is, yeah. To his point, there is a, a Twitter account called Ump Scorecard, and they grade every umpire performance on the night. And Jeff Nelson got 68% of his strikes correct, which is – as horrible as it sounds, that is the worst For I've the ever norm, seen. For the norm, it's ninety-four plus. To be queer, like that. To be fair, that's exactly how it goes. So sixty-eight is unbelievably bad, like terrible. That is incredible. I've never heard of this Twitter account. Oh, I love that. So you said they weren't able to bring it into the game? Yeah. So there was a fan who printed that scorecard out and tried to go to the Rogers Center, and the Rogers Center security was like, "No way, dude. That's not happening. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, no chance." <laughs> All right. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, Greg, any final questions for our dear friend here before we get out of here? Um, I'm trying to think of a Ranger-related one to end on. I, I imagine, Katie, if you were gambling on the Rangers, you'd like them to mm-hmm. win one series, but you wouldn't quite feel comfortable betting them to, say, reach the Eastern Conference Finals. With a lot of teams, I'm only looking at the first round, but, man – What's the most important thing in the Stanley Cup playoffs? It's goaltending. Uh, a hot goalie. It's a hot goalie. Any, if Look at the Montreal Canadiens of last year. <laughs> that wasn't a very good team. And we see it this year. They're an extra super bad team. And you just see a goalie like Carey Price just absolutely stand on his head. We've seen it time and time again where not, and not saying that the Rangers don't have offensive production, but it's, it's just irking for me. They could go pretty far if they want to, but obviously that puts a ton of pressure on how he plays, but that's like the Canucks and Thatcher Demko right now looking for their sixth straight. That's all Demko, baby. <laughs> Demko is quite good. I actually am pretty scared of that. Not that we'd see them to the finals and what finals that would be if it was Rangers Vancouver, but uh, if Vancouver could sneak in, I think they could make some noise. That's for sure. All right. Um, Katie, uh, any- oh, I wish sorry. the, oh. oh, I was just going to say, I wish the Canucks had more time. That's it. it. PD had such a shit start under Travis. The team just wasn't gelling. It wasn't very good. And then since Bruce Boudreau, the they're top 10 in the league. He And this is them right now without Tanner Pearson, without Niels Hoaglander, without Brock Besser, and now without Bo Horvat. Like, it's crazy what they've been able to do. Like I said, I just wish they had more time because they're so much fun to watch right now. You're well, describing the I've... Islanders a little bit, and I don't care about them. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll sneak this one in then as my true last question. So you're, it sounds like you're of the opinion where it would be weird if Bruce Boudreaux doesn't come back next year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They love him there. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, that's a no-brainer for me. Dope. And I was totally on Team Travis Green. I was a huge fan of him, but, man, Bruce, there it is. We just can't deny it. Well, the NHL coaches, they just keep getting them jobs. Congratulations on getting <laughs> recycled and getting success. So, uh, Yay, another middle-aged white guy. Hey, they're so Love good. That. They're so good. They just get Yay. them jobs. <laughs> All right, Katie, uh, why don't you plug what you do and we'll get out of here. Um, I am on Twitter. You can find me on there at Katie Loris. Other than that, yeah, that's just what I'm doing. Dope. Go to the that's bird app and follow Katie. All right, we'll be back. No bird app. Bird app. All right, we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye.
Hey, everyone. As you know, I'd like to thank all the Offer Sheet Club, Insider Club, Responders, Patreon people who support this show and make it happen every single week. We couldn't do it without them at the end of the show. So I'm going to do that now, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about the New York Rangers. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Ben, ben McGinnis, Brett McGinnis. I don't know why he called you Ben. I, oh, I know because Ben Weber was before you. Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Broadway, Blue Shirt, Bleeder. Chris Finelli, C.J. Stellwagen, Daniel Dezen, David Naredin, David uh, Dennis Deitz, Darian Erickstag, Garrett Reynas, Give Gardner a Cup, Garrett, uh, man, I always think it's Gareth Gretzky McFly. It's Gretzky McFly here, and I always misread it because my brain automatically fills it in. Handle, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hip, 89, Ian Rodriguez, Jake Berkowitz, Jer- Jerry Marquez, J.D. Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, Jordan, Joss Kestenbaum, Justin Freeman, Justin Starr, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazik, Gronkowski, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kind, Meatball, The Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Neil Grover, Pascal Perriere, Pavel Kojarev, my best friend, Randy Tesser, Scottish Grant, welcome, Scottish Grant, Stephen Lomayer, Stigbull, Box, Wine, Garth, Droppy K, Tommy Welsh, Thomas Welsh, Tommy Seclary, Thomas, well, I'm going, I'm calling everybody Tommy, I don't know why, Tom Seclary, Tom Ertz Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, Vinny Hay, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever, official dog of Blizzard's Breakaway. Cannot thank you enough for another week of support and supporting this dumb podcast we do every single week. The New York Rangers need to do one simple thing this entire week, I have to be honest with you, and that is stay healthy. Stay healthy at all costs. Do all these games matter? No, no, they do not. They do not. I'm very curious to see who falls into the opponents of the New York Rangers. I think they can really win first place at this point, take it away from the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I still think at all costs you should stay away from the Atlantic. That is no surprise to anybody. I've thought that for a while. Bring on the Panzer Caps. Do not care either way. But it is a damn shame uh, if anybody gets hurt, if anybody like gets any slightly injured. I'm fine with like I don't want to say sandbagging some games, but don't you don't have to give it your all in your Rangers. You know I. It's so weird to say that I. I know that everyone has the kind of the mindset of like you know make sure you play every game. You want to win the division. And I'm just not that guy. I'm fine. I'm so I'm so cool admitting it to you right now that. I just don't care. I care about all the games. I have a lot of fun. Like, is it awesome beating the Detroit Red Wings for nothing? And Lafreniere goes bonkers. Yeah, I, that was awesome. I had a great time doing that. Rough week. Lafreniere does that. I'm like, oh, wow. I automatically feel so much better. Isn't that funny? I'm just like, wow, that's great. I have a nice feeling. Um, and it, it never feels good to lose. So uh, I, I don't mind. But I, but I think the Rangers, can, they're kind of doing it right now, like, on just down bases alone. Like, doesn't look like their effort level is too high. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making shit up. Anyway, my whole point is do not get hurt. Do not get hurt. Do not get injured. It is not worth it, New York Rangers. Just don't do it. We'll be back with BSVOT later this week. A very fun time. I might go to the Jets game since I'm in New York City. I don't know. It's a strong possibility. And uh, I guess we'll see you all then. Uh, I guess we'll try and record Wednesday, question mark, my lunch break or something like that. Anywho, love you all. Talk to you soon. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. 
Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.